0: This is the Capital Literature Podcast, bringing you investment letters and audio. The Capital Literature Podcast is a SEBITS capital service for the investment community. This podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. All rights belong to the respective owners. Desert Lion Capital, First Quarter 2021 Dear partners and friends, Desert Lion invests in a select portfolio of South African listed equities. With broad-based attribution, the fund returned plus 15.8% for Q1 and outperformed the FTSE slash JSE all-share index by plus 4.5% for the quarter. Slightly more than a year has passed since COVID fears first shook global markets. I resisted to the urge to act merely for the sake of action, and our portfolio looks very similar to its pre-COVID makeup. I have made limited changes during this period, selling two holdings and adding one. For the most part, our companies have emerged with the original investment thesis intact, and in many cases, their growth profiles have accelerated. I provide a brief portfolio update on some of our companies later in the letter. Our portfolio and the opportunities available to us within our investment universe continue to look inexpensive and fundamentally attractive. Our investment environment. We are not macro traders or top-down investors. Still, we are not investing in a vacuum and I believe it would be myopic not to pay attention to the environment within which we operate. Therefore, I try to observe and evaluate macroeconomic developments to the extent they can impact our portfolio and expected returns. I believe the current macroeconomic environment will likely be a tailwind for Desert Lion. Developed economies are spending capital they do not have, and their central banks are printing money to fund their programs. The U.S. COVID response saw the Fed's balance sheet expand from $4 trillion to $7 trillion during 2020 before another $1.9 trillion stimulus bill was passed in January of this year. Unlike prior interventions, which entailed lower interest rates and asset purchase programs in support of reigniting economic growth, recent stimulus packages involve real money paid directly to citizens. The distinction between the Fed and the Treasury is increasingly blurry. President Biden's Build Back Better program is introducing a further $3 trillion in spending. It is highly probable that we will witness the Fed balance sheet surpass $10 trillion by end 2021. The chart on the next page highlights the unprecedented level of money printing by the Fed since the pandemic struck. M2 money stock is increasing at a rate of more than 25% per year. Back in South Africa, the central bank has been conservative in its response. Under the capable leadership of Governor Lissetia Kenyago, The South African Reserve Bank lowered interest rates in harmony with lower inflation and provided liquidity to temporarily stabilize bond markets. Unlike most developed markets, SA did not embark on a money printing spree. The following chart shows SA money supply expansion broadly in line with the discipline of the past five years. This is commendable, especially considering the most recent CPI, Consumer Price Index, inflation rate coming in at 3.2%, near the bottom end of the 3% to 6% target band. The logical question then is, what happens when the supply of one thing goes up exponentially while the supply of the other remains relatively stable? The Tsar has been appreciating relative to the USD over the past year. It can be the result of USD weakness, or Tsar strength from a weak base, most likely it is a combination of both. With commodities booming, South Africa's trade balance is benefiting, and the country's current account balance switched to the first annual surplus since 2002 the Tsar is one of the most liquid and volatile emerging market currencies. Prediction is futile. Over the long term, the South African Rand to US dollar exchange rate exhibits a strong correlation with the Tsar's PPP, purchasing power parity. The chart below exhibits the Tsar relative to long-term PPP. In terms of PPP, the Tsar is by no means overvalued. Several factors could contribute to a supportive environment for the Tsar, for example continued trade surpluses on the back of higher commodity prices, High SA bond yields in a low yield world, and global liquidity fueled by money printing. With developed markets' interest rates kept artificially low and liquidity increasing, we are observing signs of increased asset inflation and speculation. In the US, stocks, house prices, corn, soybeans, and lumber prices, just to name a few, are all trading at record highs. Bitcoin is setting all time records. The proliferation of NFTs, non fungible tokens, and SPACs, special purpose acquisition companies, betray a sense of heightened speculative fervor. Which then begs the question, what is left to inflate? Emerging market equities, especially South African equities, are still cheap relative to developed market equities. Therefore, increasing liquidity will very likely flow into emerging markets on its hunt for yield. In fact, we have already witnessed the early signs of liquidity finding its way to the JSE. I believe there is more to come. Portfolio Update The fund is presently invested in a core portfolio of eight companies. We have a list of smaller cap companies with very attractive return characteristics, and we are gradually allocating capital to these. We have significantly more opportunities than available capital. Below is a brief update on recent developments at some of our companies. In Appendix B, we provide full disclosure of our holdings to our investors. Stadio Stadio is a South African for-profit private higher education, College slash university, provider seeking to widen access to tertiary qualifications and equip school leavers and corporate students for the evolving world of work while maintaining a holistic, student-centered focus. Stadio's offering addresses a huge and ever-growing void left by public higher education institutions, which are unable to keep up with demand. Technology plays a central role in Stadio's offering, with its delivery split between about 80% distance learning and 20% contact, in-person, learning. With these systems already in place, Stadio's growth outlook was accelerated by the pandemic. Results for the fiscal year ended December 2020 reported student numbers growing 10% to 35,000 and with a 14% revenue increase despite a year plagued by extensive lockdowns. More importantly, earnings per share increased plus 31%, indicative of the company's operating leverage. Stadio has a clear runway to grow roughly three times its current size to 100,000 students. As an early stage business, Stadio's earnings are growing from a low base and are still understated while they are investing ahead of the curve. They currently have 95 accredited learning programs with a further 35 in the pipeline. As Stadio scales, they will be able to utilize existing infrastructure and programs at marginal additional cost, which will enhance their returns on invested capital and disproportionately lift earnings per share. Baldwin Properties Baldwin is the largest listed residential build-to-sell developer in S.A., building apartment complexes targeted at the growing middle-income class. Their target market has a current housing backlog of about 700,000 units. Baldwin's brand has become known and respected in the country for its well-managed quality offerings. They also have the exclusive domestic rights to the resort-style Crystal Lagoons concept, which serves as a major differentiating advantage where they have been installed. Baldwin did a remarkable job of catching up with construction work lost due to lockdowns. In a recent trading update for the fiscal year ended February 2021, the company reported approximately 2,550 apartments sold, compared to 2,715 apartments in the previous period. They launched 8 new developments during the year and now have about 17 developments underway. The stock price has rebounded nicely, but it is still trading at about minus 30% discount to tangible book and about 4-5 to five times normalized earnings. The record low interest rate environment stimulated demand for Baldwin's products and sales are doing better than expected. I believe there is more upside to come. Naspers. Naspers is a global technology company with its largest asset a 72.4% stake in process, its international assets division, which in turn owns 28.9% of Tencent. The group has significant investments in social media, payments and fintech, cloud, gaming, online classifieds, food delivery, Travel, online retail, and various early stage technology ventures. I view Naspers as a fantastic combination of dominant, profitable tech businesses and evergreen startups. On a look through basis, Naspers is trading at a minus 45% discount to its underlying assets. Process is trading at a discount of minus 30% to its underlying assets, and Naspers is trading at a minus 20% discount to Process. This is a classic example of discount upon discount, or compound mispricing. Process recently concluded the sale of 2% in Tencent, taking their shareholding down to 28.9% and raising $15 billion in the process. Process and Naspers have been buying back shares at a steady pace. I view the small Tencent sale as positive. Process and Naspers will likely continue the share buyback program and allocate extra capital to their technology investment programs. Virtually 100% of Naspers' earnings and growth are global, so, for all practical purposes, the company's outlook has zero dependence on the fortunes of South Africa. Yet it is trading at a SA discount. We are getting an exceptional global growth company at an emerging market discount. Sibanye Stillwater Sibanye is a South African gold and platinum group metals, PGM, producer with mines in South Africa and the US established in 2012. It has since become one of South Africa's largest gold producers and the largest PGM producer in the world. Sibanye also operate a PGM recycling facility and own a majority interest in DRD gold, a specialist in the recovery of gold and other precious metals from open-pit tailings. The investment thesis incorporates the following logic. If central banks globally are going to continue printing money unabated, precious metals prices should rise. The drive for cleaner and greener is accelerating. The market for platinum, palladium and rhodium is structurally attractive. The company is generally mischaracterized. Ask around, and one will find that most people still refer to Sibanye as a South African gold miner with lots of debt from that Stillwater acquisition. It is not quick and easy to ramp up PGM supply in response to higher demand and prices. Favorable supply demand characteristics will likely remain favorable for longer. Bad capital allocation decisions, corporate excesses, and resultant tarnished reputations from the previous boom period are still fresh in the minds of most mining executives. Neil Frundman has proven himself a disciplined capital allocator. His approach to capital allocation is straightforward, deploy capital at expected returns that enhances value to shareholders or distribute it via dividends and buybacks. The company is debt-free and generating heaps of cash. The valuation is cheap. At current metal prices, Sibonnier is trading at about five times after-tax cash profits. Sibanye is effectively a call option on a potential commodity supercycle. In the meantime, The value of our option is unlikely to deteriorate as we are rewarded with healthy dividend flows. CarTrack CarTrack is a leading global smart mobility software-as-a-service, SaaS, and Stolen Vehicle Recovery, SVR, business with 98% recurring revenue. They occupy a leading, yet still small, market share in a very large and growing total addressable market. SaaS Mobility Solutions is CarTrack's main business and global growth area. The company's platform allows clients to maximize operational efficiencies, namely, improve fuel economy, extend fleet vehicle life cycles, reduce labor costs, improve response times, monitor and improve driver behavior, monitor cold chains, execute mobile workforce management and routing, generate management reports, integrate cost accounting, and optimize customer service. CarTrack is fully vertically integrated, Owning all their unique intellectual property and business processes, including in house design, device and software development, installation and mobile technical workshops, sales and marketing, and debt collection. Over the past six years, Cartrack invested in growing their global operations, especially in Europe, Portugal, Spain, Poland, and the Asia Pacific region Singapore, Thailand, Indonesia, Malaysia, Hong Kong, UAE, Philippines, New Zealand. In 2014, only 6% of CarTrack's revenue was generated outside of South Africa. This figure reached 27% in 2020. CarTrack's global growth is accelerating and soon more than 50% of revenue will be global, AEXSA. CarTrack has about 1.3 million subscribers and processes about 50 billion data points monthly. The company used more and better data to gain an edge on their competition by developing a scalable platform that can be used by all clients, regardless their size or industry. As the virtuous cycle of more data leads to better solutions, and economies of scale are shared with clients, CarTrack's growth will accelerate, margins will expand, and the company's superior solution should allow sustained high returns on incremental capital deployed as they scale into a huge and growing market. CarTrack just concluded the process of moving their primary listing to the NASDAQ, with a secondary listing on the JSE, under the new name CarOU, Nasdaq Caro, JSE, KRO. The share price has been volatile and came under some pressure as the market tried to digest the complicated corporate action. In the long run, the move will likely lead to a higher rating of the share price, give the company access to cheaper capital if desired, and enhance CarTrack's global visibility and growth path. Two years This letter marks two years since the launch of Desert Line Capital. While the ride has been unexpectedly tumultuous, we have achieved everything I have hoped for and more. I am glad that Desert Lion has a solid foundation to continue growing in a sustainable fashion while providing investors peace of mind with the quality of third-party controls, reporting, and custodianship of their capital. I like to say we are a small firm with big firm infrastructure. Our early investors are of the highest quality. Your stable and continued support have played a major role in our success to date. A special word of gratitude and admiration goes out to our seed investors, Scott Miller of Greenhaven Road and small-cap investing legend Chuck Royce. They allow me full autonomy to manage the portfolio according to my one man investment committee approach, yet they are always available to provide valuable advice and support when needed. They are investors, mentors, and dear friends. We have been able to give our audience a sneak peek into our opportunity set and how that translates into performance over multi year periods. While Desert Lion is only two years old, I have been managing outside capital for about nine years now. Over this period, We outperformed the FTSE-slash-JSE All-Share Index in 8 out of 9 years. Desert Lion Capital is doing something truly authentic and exclusive. We follow a common-sense approach to invest in off-the-beaten-path opportunities in a singly-focused, untrodden market. The investment world is a very efficient place overall, so everyone has dug through all the obvious places to dig. In order to find something that is novel and uncovered, it helps to be operating on the frontier. The frontier of the South African equity market is still a lonely and inhospitable space, requiring one to be willing to dig deeper and exercise more patience than what at first seems rational. In this unique and nuanced operating environment, there are no authoritative guidelines or rules to consult. You have to figure it out yourself over many years, driven by passion and curiosity. Desert Lion Capital enjoys years of valuable IP, not something that can be replicated quickly. I do not have enough capital to address the opportunity on my own, and I believe there is more than enough to share many of those who have accumulated wealth hope to invest it in places where they can earn differentiated returns without the worry or time required to manage it themselves. We are not trying to be everything to everyone, but I do think Desert Lion Capital presents an eminently compelling value proposition to some. I am passionate about what I do. I love it. I cannot wait to get out of bed in the morning and get going. It consumes me after many years. I also believe I still am getting better in the process. We have only just begun. If I have it my way, we will continue compounding for the next 30 years. As always, I thank you for entrusting Desert Lion Capital with your hard-earned and patient capital. The vast majority of my wealth is invested right alongside your investment in the fund. Nothing gives me greater pleasure than to grow it at the highest possible rate. All the best. Rudy Van Niekerk